Letter forty nine of the History of Lady Barton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The History of Lady Barton by Elizabeth Griffith. Letter forty nine from lady barton to miss cleveland southfield pleasure joy they are both inadequate to what i feel from your account of delia colville my brother my beloved my happy brother what will his transports be he may certainly say with lord towley long parted friends that pass through common voyages in life receive but common gladness at their meeting but from a shipwreck saved we mingle tears with our embraces and surely the recovery i might almost say the resurrection of the beloved and lamented delia is a still higher cause for rapture i should fear for his life or senses if this secret was in any other hands but yours yet even for you i think it will be a difficult task to moderate his ecstasy were i now to meet him i should fly into his arms and cry out she lives i know you will not do so but though you may restrain your tongue will not your eyes betray the mighty joy will they not sparkle with unusual lustre and speak of delia colville mine do so at this moment though their weak beams have long been quenched in tears i wait impatiently for another letter from you do but tell me they have met and my mind will be at peace for i shall then suppose that naught but death can part them i do not wish to mix one gloomy line with this joyful subject i shall therefore say little of myself i am recovering from my late illness though slowly sir william is returned in my alarming state he fell from his horse about a fortnight ago his physician apprehends that he has received some inward hurt as he spits blood ever since my attention to him is unremitted seems pleased with it and i begin once more to flatter myself that my fanny's prediction may yet be verified colonel walter has renewed his visit and made several attempts to speak to me alone which i have happily evaded for when i am absent from sir william i take care to keep harriet constantly with me i perceive he is mortified at my caution in which however i am determined to persevere last night when our letters came from the post the colonel took them from the servant and 
conveyed one out of his pocket into the parcel quick as his motions were this action did not escape me and the moment i had received those that were addressed to me i retired and immediately enclosed the letter which bore no postmark on it in a blank cover directed to the colonel and ordered it to be instantly delivered to him when i returned into the parlor to supper there were strong traces of resentment in his countenance and he talked rather at than to me for the remainder of the evening this morning he went from hence before i was up surely he will at length desist from an hopeless pursuit twice have his detested and unsuccessful attempts brought me near the grave heaven preserve me from a third i shudder at the bare apprehension your wishes with regard to my becoming harriet's confidant are almost accomplished for she has confessed to me that she corresponded with lord lucan during my illness and also that she concealed my danger from him as she judged what the sufferings would be on that occasion by her own was ever anything more truly delicate than her endeavouring to save him pain she offered to shrew me his letters i refused to see them and told her i had no doubt of his friendship for me or the propriety and politeness of his manners towards her but that i could not help observing to her as a friend without the authority of a parent that i feared there was something inconsistent with the strict rules of decorum in her carrying on such a correspondence she blushed extremely and i could perceive there was something more still laboring in her artless bosom lord lucan's picture came into my thoughts at the same time yet i had not resolution sufficient to ask her a single question relative to it after a minute's silence i saw that her face was bathed with tears she caught my hand and said i have been much more imprudent madame than you yet know of but if you will be my friend indeed alas i have no other and conceal what is past from my uncle i will tell you all my folly and submit my future conduct to your direction i gave her every possible assurance that the tenderest friendship could suggest and i know not which of us was most agitated during this scene she owned her having lent my picture to lord lucan at his most earnest entreaty on condition that he should give her his that he had kept his promise 
but that she had been so unfortunate as to lose his gift and that she had lived in perpetual apprehension ever since lest any accident might betray this act of indiscretion to her uncle or to me but that she still more dreaded in injuring lord lucan by raising a suspicion of his being her lover when heaven and she could tell he had not such a thought her colour rose to crimson as she pronounced the last sentence with clasped hands and streaming eyes i never beheld a more animated figure generous harriet i said softly to myself and my heart reverberated the sound what pains had it cost her to defend the fidelity of the man she loves to her rival yes fanny i will emulate the virtue i admire every effort of my life shall be exerted to promote harriet's happiness and from that pure and unsullied source i will endeavour to derive my own i confess i am pleased at being able to acquit lord lucan of this indiscretion of having made a confidant his picture must have fallen into the hands of colonel walter when harriet lost it and the vile artful wretch contrived to place it as a snare for me and watch the moment how to recover it for the innocent owner is now the question i cannot think of any prudent and therefore possible means of effecting this at present i can neither ask it as a favour with a safe condensation nor demand it as a right without danger the variety of distressful subjects with which my late letters have been filled have so much engrossed my thoughts while writing to you that i have never mentioned a circumstance which has given me sincere satisfaction the recovery of mr creswell lucy lester's lover his father is since dead by which he is now become sir harry creswell ma chere amie a ocombe de ses voyeux but delays the completion both of her own and her lover's happiness till i am able to be present at the joining of those hands whose hearts have long been united sir william's indisposition prevents me from having their nuptials celebrated here as the custom of this country would on the occasion require such an exertion of what is called hospitality which is another term for drinking as might be prejudicial to him and my attendance on him restrains me from going up 
to dublin to her so that our wishes alone can attend upon the happy union sir william is not calculated for solitude he is now debarred from field sports and every kind of exercise and he seeks for amusement from books in vain that taste which can alone render reading pleasant or useful to us must be acquired in youth the muses like the rest of their sex resent neglect and may be wooed but not won by those who only seek them as a supplement to more lively pleasures use the season made for joy and for literature also colonel walter's housekeeper has been to visit benson several times of late and has endeavored with a competent share of art to discover how mrs walter has escaped and where she now is you may suppose that she has not gained the wished-for intelligence benson would die sooner than betray me harriet and i have often wondered that no hint relative to mrs walter has ever escaped the colonel i am sometimes tempted to think that he believes us ignorant of that affair but when i recollect his blushing in the temple upon some hint of mine relative to it i change my opinion what a heart must that man have how black and of course how wretched i am inclined to believe that the wicked expiate a great part of their sins in this world by their constant fear of detection sir arthur and miss ashford are often with us i begin to apprehend that she has a partiality for colonel walter and am distressed how to act on this occasion should i speak of him as i think she may attribute my sentiments either to private pique or a general love of slander as i am not at liberty to acquaint her with those facts on which my dislike to him are too justly founded yet will it not be an act of baseness to suffer this charming girl to throw away her affections on such a wretch think for me fanny and direct me how to conduct myself in this critical situation give a thousand loves and congratulations for me to my brother and his latest found heaven's last best gift wishes for their happiness must be superfluous yet they have mine most truly except the same from your ever affectionate sister louisa barton p s i find i cannot write a shorter letter to you when i begin this i determined not to exceed a page but like louise my heart still dictates and my hand obeys 
and wherefore should i restrain them or debar myself from the greatest satisfaction i enjoy i am not good catholic enough to have faith in the merits of of voluntary penances especially as i feel that i am not without my share of those that are imposed on us no works of supererogation for me once more adieu end of letter forty nine recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c